Welcome to The Cindy Rushton Show. Encouraging, empowering, and equipping as you step into your calling and life purpose. Here is your hostess, Cindy Rushton. I want to welcome everyone to the recording of The Cindy Rushton Show. This time you guys get to be behind the scenes as I interview my sweet friend, Mike, you would just die when I say sweet friend, <laughs> Mike Morawski. He's with MyCoreIntentions.com. And today, you guys, I'm excited. We're going to be talking about success, failure, well, maybe even your fears of failure, whatever that might be for you guys, and success again. You guys, I just want to say, I should just call this success again. And to me, this is real success. This is the real stuff. I think you're going to love this. I do want to welcome anybody who is listening to us live and say, ha ha. Um, in case you're wondering what we're doing, we are recording for the Cindy Rushton show. This is going to go um, be, let's see, we just did um, episode 19. This is episode 23. Can wow. you even believe it? You guys, I'm so excited about this one. And um, so if you're not familiar with the fact that I even have a podcast, hey, check me out on all your in all your podcast places at the Cindy Rushton show. I am at all those spaces and places. You can also see me at the Cindy uh, at the Cindy Rushton show.com. And of course, I have a guest today that I want you to know that you're going to have to check out his name. Um, he's found at mycoreintentions.com. You guys are going to love Mike. He is a 30 year plus, I mean, I should say 30 plus year, 30 year plus <laughs> real estate investment veteran. And when uh. I say real estate investment, you guys are going to love this. Some of you are friends of mine through real estate. If you're interested, you're definitely going to want to tune into him. If you're interested in business, hey, you're going to want to tune into him. If you're interested in ministry, you're going to want to tune in. Just go grab your big cup of tea and plan to join us. Mike has controlled over $285 million in real estate. Yes, you heard the word $285 million in real estate. He knows his stuff. But also, you guys, um, in, in handling the, this, much, um, this many transactions, he's also an entrepreneur. He's an author. He's a real estate trainer. He's a public speaker. He's a personal coach. So I think this is a show that everybody's going to get something. You guys are going to love getting to know him. Um, his heartbeat, he, you know, his desire is to come alongside of you and help you live an extraordinary life. And you guys, that is the thing I hope you take away from the show, even though we haven't even got into it yet, is that you are designed to live an extraordinary life. And I just believe you're going to learn a lot about how to live that, what success really is, what failure really isn't like the end of you. <laughs> and I think you're going to love it. So without me telling you Mike's story, I want to welcome him because I believe you guys are going to learn from him. I think you're going to see a definition of success because he's gone from the summit of success down to the depths of what we all fear as failure, thinking maybe many people don't even feel like they can get back up. 
Yet his story is so triumphant. I think you guys are going to really be inspired. And so without any further ado, Mike, I want to welcome you to my show today. Thank you for coming. Hey, Cindy, thanks for having me. And I have to tell you, I have been really, you know, I, I do a few of these and I've just really been excited about being on your show here. And, and thank you for that warm welcome. Uh, I had to actually look around and see who you were talking about. <laughs> it's you. <laughs> I'm really excited. Mike and I have gotten to know each other on Clubhouse. Just a, da a dab. I really am excited because I think if you guys aren't on Clubhouse, you're missing it. I'm telling you, you, I'm finding that I am learning so much and I'm getting to know so many great people. And Mike is one of those. So Mike, as we welcome you here, um, I want to ask you, do you mind just going back in time and just sharing your story and definitely feel free to just dig in and share everything that the Lord leads you to share? Yeah, absolutely. And, and one thing I have to say is Clubhouse is, is off the chains. Yes. I, it is just, it's one of those places right now that if you're not on it, you should be. And if you are on it, you wish you weren't. So <laughs> kind of that in between, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. But yeah, hey, so thanks. Uh, like you said, I've been in real estate for about 30 years, but I think real estate's been in my blood a lot longer than that. And I, I always... I, I like to always say, hey, you know, I come from a family background that real estate wasn't uh, wasn't something that anybody knew about, talked about, or or anything, and neither was being an entrepreneur. And so I really I broke that whole mold in my family system as I as I got older. One thing my dad used to always tell me was, if you're going to go into business for yourself, go into food, shelter, and clothing. And <laughs> do something in one of those three categories. So I've been in shelter my whole life, whether it was in the construction business or the real estate business, and it's never failed me. Well, almost never, but um, <laughs> we'll talk about that. But um, so I, uh, I, I was in the construction business, woke up one morning and just, I was burnt out, Cindy. I couldn't do it anymore. I looked at my wife, who I was married to at the time and said, you know, I, I can't do this anymore. I was still banging nails and had built a pretty successful company on the residential side. So I sold the company, took a year off and we house hacked uh, during that year. I took off a couple of two flats and this was long before house hacking was sexy or popular or something to do. Right. Yeah. So um, we, I can always remember her screaming about the nails laying on the floor, you know, but anyway, <laughs> That's another story. But um, so during that time, I met a real estate agent that was very successful. And I always have believed success leaves clues. So I went to him and I said, hey, I th I'm thinking about going in the real estate business. And he looked at me and he said, I think you'd be great at it. You've, you've got that personality. I think mm -hmm. you have some sales skills. We can help refine those and you'll be really good. I said, great. I said, could I come and shadow you? And he said, no. He goes, I'm going to do better than that for you. I'm going to make you a cassette tape. Now I'm dating myself, right? Yeah, I've done cassettes. So I made a, he, he made me a cassette tape and it's like yeah. a podcast today. So I listened to that over and over and over again. My first eight months in the real estate business, I sold 78 houses, didn't know a soul, not to anybody I knew. And then I went on to build a team where we were selling 125 homes a year. Yeah. So we built a pretty successful team. Uh, 
2005, I saw the market starting to shift and knew that if I wasn't going to go do something different, that my lifestyle was going to change drastically because the market was going to fall out. And I didn't, I had no idea what was coming in 2008, but I knew something was going to happen. And And let me pause you 2008 in case everybody doesn't know 2008 was the big, I mean, the big, big, big crash. This, I mean, there are people that still, um, I think that affected everybody, you know, that are still, there are people still trying to pick up the pieces from 2008 and it's 2021 right now. So um, this is that, you know, when I hear someone say they were in real estate <laughs> before 2008, my heart immediately begins to do this bleeding <laughs> because, wow. So, I mean, it's amazing to me that you kind of felt some of that ahead of time yeah. because- so- I call it divine intervention, right? Mm-hmm. That's a, I think the Holy Spirit was like <laughs> knocking on my door. Um, yeah. So I, um, 2005, we, I said, you know what? I, I've always wanted to be in the apartment business because when I was in the construction business, I did a lot of work for these syndicators and I understood the model. You mm-hmm. know, you raise private equity, you find a great real estate deal, you marry the two, as long as everything goes right, everybody makes money, it's a win-win. So mm-hmm. I understood the model. So in 2005, I said, let me try this. And I syndicated my first deal. It was a small 11 unit property. And it was crazy how well it worked out. And it just from there, I raised $18 million and bought $60 million worth of real estate, 4,000 apartments in five different states. Built a property management company that we were managing 7,500 units. And then today I'm in the coaching and training space. So it's kind of a 20,000 foot view of, of how I got to today, right? Yeah, yeah. And and with your coaching, I, I do want to shout out about this. Um, mycoreintentions.com, in case no you guys have not been familiar with what he does, um, you can go to his website and his website is such a resource. You talk about having a podcast and you can even see his podcast, by the way, um, Insider Secrets Podcast. Right. Fabulous fabulous podcast. Um, but he's got his blog, he's got videos, um, that those of you, again, who are my realtor friends or you're my investor friends, you're going to love his videos. They're very, very, very helpful for you guys. And then he's got resources you'll want to check out. I mean, and I think they're for everybody, quite frankly. Um, he's got also training, like you can get boot camps and courses and summits and coaching. So really and truly, he is a resource that you are going to want to have um, as you're learning, because I just can't say enough about how awesome his, his resources are. You know what? I, I want to tap into your coaching. I know this is going to seem crazy, but um, I want to tap into coaching a little bit because um, I think it kind of goes back to some of your story of, you know, but tell us, why did you shift into coaching? Uh, so I, I shifted into coaching because I, I feel like um, there's, there's a lot of coaches out there. They bring a lot of different material over the years. I've been coached and trained. I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on it. I've, I've spent hours in masterminds and coaching programs. Yeah. And you know what? I have all this knowledge. I have all this knowledge, but more importantly, it's wisdom today. Yeah. So I think what happens to us as we get older, right? 
yeah. is that we all of a sudden we come up with this wisdom and now it's yeah. really smart how we do things. So um, it, it happens over time from experience and knowledge. And plus I've had some stumbles along the way. And, you know, those stumbles have, have caused me to want to help people not make those same mistakes and to do things differently in their own life. You know, a, t- a quick story. I was, I was on a coaching call with a client and um, they were really struggling and really struggling. And I, and so I, I, I said to them, I said, so let's talk about where you're at in these four categories of your life physically, emotionally, relationally, and spiritually. Mm-hmm. And we hit that spiritual button. And, you know, it was a, it was like a revelation for them that um, they were like, um, man, I'm so disconnected from God. Okay. And, and when that happened, the light bulb went on, right? Mm-hmm. And it was like, so we can have all this great stuff in our life, but if we're disconnected, nothing's right. And if we're not getting to where we want to go, it's because we're disconnected spiritually. And so I think there's a whole, you know, it's cyclical, right? Yeah, yeah. And things happen in our life because of our disconnection. Right, right. Well, you know, that is really, it nails it because I, you know, I think about even my business, my business is about connections. You know, it is about the relationships. I mean, that's, that's part of why I do what I do myself. And I, it's, I believe just, Judging from my view of what you do, um, it's as much of what we do, especially when we're coaching, because, you know, for me, those relationships are everything. I've done this thing by myself and it was not a great place to be in isolation. And so one of the, my driving passions is to be there, to share what I know, if it helps somebody to not have to go through where I've had the, the places I've had to go through, then man, it's, it was worth it. And if it's just one person, I said this last night in my clubhouse chat, that if it's just one person, one person being able to be set free, one person not having to go through what I had to go through, it makes a huge difference. It makes everything worth it. And um, that's why I do what I do. And so I totally get it. Do you mind if we go back then to your story? Because I think that story is going to really inspire people. It's kind of like the big question, what happened, right? Yeah, I like it. I like it. So, so, you know, I built this great success. I, I bought all these apartments, had all the, all these investors built this management company. We were humming along. I, I employed 138 people. Wow. Had, you know, a couple of losses. Uh, we had an office here, an office in Dallas. We had mm-hmm. great people working for us. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, 2008 happened. And I was sitting with my CFO and we grew way too fast. But I was sitting with my CFO having lunch and the news happened to be on. And we were watching people carry boxes out of Lehman Brothers um, by the dozens. And I looked at him and I said, we're screwed, aren't we? And I didn't say it that way. And he looked at me and he goes, yeah, we're in big trouble. And so, you know, the, the 2008 economic crash really hit the residential market in 2008. And mm-hmm. there was all that bad paper and all the, the banks and, and the, the consolidation and the bad paper on wall street and 
Bears and Stern and Lehman Brothers and AIG all getting, you know, killing America really and the world. Yeah. yeah. Um, we thought we weathered the storm. It was a little rocky, got into 2009, closed a few more deals. Things seemed like they might straighten out. We'd be okay in the commercial mm -hmm. sector. And then all of a sudden the commercial sector took a, took a hit and we imploded in 2010. So uh, what happened was I had, I had 38 companies and I had a number of them that were very profitable and really operating well. And then I had a few that were not as profitable. And so instead of just letting those go to foreclosure and letting a few investors get hurt, I thought, well, listen, I've been in real estate a long time. I've never seen the market go beyond 10% correction and it bounces back pretty quick. So I really thought that the market would be back in a year, 18 months, maybe, you know, a typical recession. Well, you know, nobody saw a 47% uh, hit in the marketplace to property values or occupancies come. So all of a sudden my occupancy started dropping out in my apartments. I couldn't pay my bills. I had unstable properties. And there's a series of, of mistakes I made along the way that get me here. But so I started moving money between companies. So I moved money from profitable companies to non-profitable companies, which really isn't breaking the law. I mean, people do it every day in their business, right? Mm -hmm. It's how we do it. And so my outside legal counsel and my accountant said, it's okay to do that. Just leave, write notes from one company to another. And I did that. The problem was I didn't tell my investors. Mm. And because I didn't disclose my, to my investors what I was doing, I ultimately wound up being charged with uh, wire fraud and mail fraud charges mm. and sentenced to a 10-year federal prison sentence. Wow. You know, we hear about that like on TV, but then really understanding the why behind it, I, I believe makes it so much more personal. You know what I'm saying? And this was very personal to me. This sounds like the fear that most investors would have whenever they step into something big. And, and, and you you're like the picture of success. I would, I would see your face right there on the side of the word success in my dictionary. And yet here, I love your vulnerability of you saying I made mistakes along the way. And you also felt that sting of failure and what most people fear. Wow. I, let's sit there for just a moment and tell us, I mean, because I feel like that some people, they don't even take the risk in, in life to even be a success because they're so afraid that something like that could happen to them. And so help that person for just a moment, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a risk taker, right? I step outside <laughs> the box. I hate wearing blinders. I hate being in this space that I, you know, I, I'm claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. um, and I want to break out. I want to do more. And you know what? I've always had this goal to make a million dollars a year. And mm -hmm. I did it. I did it. And um, along the way, I became somebody who I really didn't like mm. as a result of it. Yeah. So, so I changed, right? Things yeah. changed about me. Um, you know, and it's funny because you get to this place where um, greed sets in, pride sets in, your ego starts to take over. Mm 
Mm -hmm. uh, you think you have, have it all under control. Matter of fact, let me talk about that for a minute. Yeah, yeah. Think about, so um, I, I, my wife and I, at the time, um, we had a really great relationship, but I never told her about business. I never talked to her about it. Mm -hmm. I never told her what happened because she worried and I didn't want her to worry. Yeah. I wanted to provide that sense of security and be that great husband, right? And so um, in 2008, this is before we imploded, I'm in Cincinnati trying to close a real estate transaction or buying a 187 unit apartment complex. And I'm sitting at the closing table and I can't close the deal because the funding hasn't come from my office and I can't get a hold of my partner. I can't get a hold of my partner. Finally, I get a hold of my partner. He says, I don't know how to tell you this. Well, when your partner tells you that you don't, he doesn't know how to tell you this and there's $500,000 involved with it, you kind of go, well, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so he proceeded to tell me he moved money from a company, from the escrow account into the operating account because he needed to pay some bills, thought he could have the money put back because we had some other money coming in and, and it didn't work out. And he knew that that was something you never do. One of the first conversations we ever had when we went into business is you don't do this. So um, I wind up, you know, dry closing on that deal, which means it just didn't get funded. I went home, raised a little more money, got it funded by the following Tuesday. But min it, that was Wednesday that that happened. Mm -hmm. On Friday night, my partner and I go out to dinner with our wives. And now remember, my wife knows nothing about what happened on Wednesday. I don't talk to her about business. On the way home, she says to me, um, hey, I don't trust him. And I said, what do I do? As a good husband, I go, hey, honey, I have this under control. Don't worry about it. And um, I didn't have anything under control. And mm -hmm. I knew things at that point were really starting to kind of get squirrely. Because uh, we had one of the mistakes we made was we bought too much real estate way too fast. We're really unstable. We bought... And it wasn't the amount of units as much as it was the amount of properties. In 2007, I closed 17 transactions for 2,700 units. And I don't think we had one of them stabilized by 2009. Mm -hmm. So um, we were very unstable. We were over leveraged. We paid too much for properties. I put my blinders on. I looked the other way. I just thought that everything would take care of itself. And it didn't. So, um, so like I said, you know, when you think you have everything under control, chances are you probably don't. And if you're an entrepreneur or a CEO, somebody running a company or a team, um, make sure you're not doing it alone. Yeah. Sure yeah. Alone. Well, I totally agree with that on every angle and <laughs> who, who you surround yourself with. They can impact so much. You know, I, I look at the people I'm surrounded with. I'm picky about that because I know the value of those that are surrounding me. If, if, if they're not totally awesome at what they do, there's a hole 
there's a hole in my life as well. And likewise, it, it puts the pressure back on me to bring all that I am to the table as well. So it's very, very important. And I definitely, wow, real estate, you know, we've had family real estate through the years and I've, I've been a realtor in the past as well. I, and I'll tell you what happened with me. I got my real estate license. I don't know if I told you this when we talked, but I got my real estate license because we had family real estate and I was just going to do it. So I would understand more just, it was kind of like educational, you know, I'm right now getting my master's degree and totally love learning. That's, that's one of my core values, but but um, funny thing, I get in there and I start talking real estate and I think, mm, maybe I could just do a few deals. And there's just something about real estate that is so amazing. I say, if I had another life, I would do real estate now. And I, I finally, what was, what was my core decision? It was simply, I only have one life. What am I supposed to be here for? And so um, I, I love that you're talking real estate because that's some of that stuff I go, mm. but, but who you're, who you're partnered with makes a difference. I mean, yeah. I look back at my first year in real estate myself and the people that surrounded me, brokers and other teams, my greatest thing was whenever I joined teams and we could do what we did best. It was really so much more powerful. And, um, and I did not have a touch of the success that you had, but man, that's, that's overwhelming to me to think of where you were and that, you know, that, that moment, then you're saying, am I hearing you right? That was a moment that, really was probably a check yeah it yeah. was it was definitely one of those knocking the you know holy spirit knocking on my door saying hey mm -hmm. pay attention to what's going on around you because that happened on friday mm -hmm. and then on wednesday that that the next wednesday i went to lunch with my outside legal counsel and he said to me why are you in business with this guy he's doing some things that i don't really think are, are right Mm -hmm. I'm like, Bob, I don't see what you're seeing. So we don't, you know, we get in this place where yeah. we get in that box, we put our blinders on and it's like, mm -hmm. we don't see it. We don't see what other people see. And that's why our network is important to us that we, we pay attention to other people, you know, oh, yeah. relationship, you know, and, and that relationship word is, is really important. And you said it early on. So yeah. Well, I totally believe in that because I know myself, I've, mine's a whole different story of like where I really realized I needed a relationship because mine, I did the business and, you know, being an entrepreneur and writing and speaking and teaching and all of those things um, for many years, had, I've, I've had great success yet if I, you know, my break was because of a divorce, I, I absolutely needed a season of healing during that season. One of the things I found that was so important, I was doing real estate during that time. One of the things that I found was so important was the relationships because that, that brought a shift for me. And I said, I don't ever want to do this thing alone again. That's why I'm all about community. I have coaches, I have, you know, therapists, I have ministers, like even one of the things we were doing in clubhouse last night, all of us were in leadership, but there is power in leaders being connected with other people that are other leaders, because it just brings us up 
level and it, it inspires us to keep on reaching bigger. Now I want to go back and tap into like, okay, you had success. You then had business, you know, that, oh, the fear of all fears where everything came crashing down. Yeah. So, um, and, and I want to, I want to do this too. So I, I, we need to talk about this piece and what happened, mm -hmm. but I want to go back and visit that leadership piece. Because, yeah, sure. Um, because I have a story around that, that's mm -hmm. really, really important as part sure. of it. So, so I got, uh, I, I was indicted on federal uh, wire fraud and mail fraud charges, sentenced to 120 months in, in prison. And when you're standing in front of the judge and he goes 120 months, you kind of go. Oh, I was thinking, you go, <laughs> oh my God, how long years. is that? <laughs> 10 years, you know how long that is? And then, so, um, so it was pretty devastating. So we left court that day and um, I, you know, it was a very solemn ride home. And um, I, I had during, two years, it was two years from the time I was indicted till the time I, I got sentenced. Mm -hmm. And um, I had built a property management company uh, that I hoped would sustain my wife and children while I was gone. And it did. My wife was able to, you know, and still runs it today, was able to run it. And um, uh, it kept her and the kids in the house and they did very well. So uh, but I went to went to prison thinking I lost I lost you know pretty much everything except that business I built and some other assets and and but when I got to prison, um, within thirty days my wife told me she was leaving. Oh and, wow! And so I, here we have you at rock bottom. You think, but this is even more rock bottom. Wow. Yeah, I didn't think it could get any worse, and it got worse because yeah. for the next. For the next 18 months, it was all I could do to um, function every day. So here's what happened. I, I was there about, I was in prison about uh, 30 days. And this was just after my, my wife told me she was divorcing me. I was, and everybody knew, man, watch out for him. He, you know, if he's got a pair of shoelaces, he may hang himself. I mean, mm -hmm. that was you know, that was the theory about me because I was a wreck. And I mean, when you take a guy, you know, and you put him, put him in prison and you take everything from him and it's like you die. When you go to prison, it's like you die. You know, it's yeah. evil and dark there to begin with. And, and it's like you watch your whole life go on in front of you. You know, my mm -hmm. whole family continued to go on and, 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 you know, the people that turn their back on you and it's crazy. But, um, so this kid walks up to me in the gym one day. I walk in the gym and I'm looking around and I'm not working out yet. I went into prison. I was 30 some pounds overweight and I was a marathon runner and, you know, mm -hmm. prior to that. And so I, I, I'm in the gym and this kid walks up to me and he goes, Hey, he goes, don't let these people beat you. He said, they want, all they want to do is beat you. And I said, what do you mean? He said, look, get that 10 years back. He goes, mm. go home healthier, smarter, emotionally better than you've ever been. Now, this wow. is a long, not even 30-year-old, right? And yeah. I was, I was 55, 55 when I went in. And he, um, 
he changed my perspective that day enough to make me, he said, listen, come to my class every day. Let me help you with your physical side and build from there. And he was right. I started to go to the gym every day. I started to work out. I started to feel better. I wound up going to college. I got, I found a place that gave me a scholarship and I could do a correspondence program. I got a four-year degree in theology. So I, I got a bachelor's degree in theology. I wrote two books while I was gone. I wrote a, uh, a, a book on multifamily investing and mm -hmm. a book on property management, two home study courses. I wrote a course on ethics. I taught real estate and ethics for five years. I taught Bible studies for five years. I was on an outreach program, went into the community, told my story 40 times to local business owners and to uh, uh, college students at the major colleges. I met a professor from the University of Minnesota and we co-authored co co a paper that we just had published on, in the Business Journal of Ethics, a case study on, you know, an ethical case mm -hmm. study. Um, so I did a lot. I, I came home in better shape physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally than I'd ever been in my life. Mm -hmm. and today I'm working on that fifth spoke, which is, you know, uh, financially, but and I know that that'll, that'll come at some point, you know, it's, it's just a matter of doing the right thing. Right. Well, you know, I was thinking about that probably one of the hardest things for you being in prison is that that financial spoke is one you couldn't even touch in prison. Right. And, you know, to me, you could, you had always built businesses, you had always built companies. And so having that stripped away it, that's everything, it, you know, everything was stripped away from you, except who you are and who God is. And I, that's where I want to shift because that's kind of what you help people with much of that today. Right. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I try to anyhow. So, <laughs> um, you know, one of the books I wrote was called exit plan and yeah. it's called, it's your, uh, multifamily uh, your complete guide to multifamily investing and why you need an exit plan before you buy. Remember I said, I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in coaching and training mm -hmm. and all these seminars and everybody teaches, and there's some great trainers out there. Everybody teaches how to get in a deal. Nobody teaches you how to get out. So I wanted to teach people how to get out because there's that saying, Cindy, in, in real estate that says you make money when you buy the deal and you do, but you don't realize it till you sell it. Oh, yeah. So, and then we have to look at is do you always have to sell it? No, you don't always have to sell it. You don't have to lose control. There's plenty of ways to capitalize and pull your profit out. So mm -hmm. I talk about that in the book and I talk about how to do some creative financing and things like that. So, um, and at the end, you know, we can uh, let your listeners uh, give your listeners a a website that they can go download a free copy of that. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. That will be by the way in the show notes. Um, we will definitely circle back around to that. So, and you can find the show notes at the, the Cindy Rushton show.com. Um, this will be episode that I say 23. <laughs> so I had to remember, um, I, I, I cut my caffeine this week. Oh my goodness. Cause I was having a little bit of a, um, a kidney stone thing coming on. And so I cut all my caffeine. And so I plead 
the brain is a little um, going, uh, you should drink more water anyway. <laughs> and so I, my body is saying, uh, thank you. I feel much better, but my brain is going, I could still use some caffeine. Um, so, okay. Now I want to kind of totally shift around everything. And I want to talk a little bit about um, your coaching. You know, like when someone comes to you, one of my heartbeats is seeing people step into their calling and live out their life purpose. And, you know, and looking at what you do, you do all of that too. I just, I love that heartbeat. So <coughs> if I were going to come to you, you know, wanting to get started and saying, I don't even know who I am, which is a lot of what I hear in my business. I don't know who I am, what I'm here for, or my why. What would you say to that person? Well, one of the first things that I try to do with somebody is help you discover what your why is. You know, a lot of times people just say, well, I want to make more money or I want to buy a piece of real estate, but what does mm -hmm. that mean? Yeah. And be specific about it. But I really want to work with people. And I do this in the first couple of sessions is, is we drill in and we decide, you know, what is really important and why is it important? Well, you know, I'd like to take an extra vacation. Well, ultimately, a lot of times what it boils down to is that they, they really want to have some freedom and uh, freedom, you know, um, I saw a quote one time, and I talk about this in one of my seminars, is uh, financial freedom is, the, um, is having the money to do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it uh, and not have to answer about it. So mm -hmm. um, that's really what financial freedom is, right? So mm -hmm. if I want to wake up in the morning and say, ah, I don't feel like working today, I have that choice. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, so we dig into the why. We go, we go there and I really want to spend some time there because that's a piece that we need to come back to often mm -hmm. because, you know, then you set some goals and, and from there we look at business strategies. We look at techniques, you know, one of the first things that I did, I bought that first apartment deal and I didn't have a buying strategy. And after that, I had to make a decision. I need a buying strategy. So mm -hmm. I teach people about strategies like that. Do you have a buying strategy? Do you have a tenant strategy when you're renting? Right. What network? What are you doing to build your network? You know, how are you locating and sourcing off market deals? You know, I was a pretty successful listing agent in the real estate space. So I know how to go find deals. So teaching people how to source off market deals is very, is, is pretty simplistic, right? I, I always look at a lot of these things. Like if you can master the repetitious boredom of something, you'll wow. be very successful. So it's, a, it's whoa, like, that was good. Okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You just said, <laughs> I have to tap into that. Um, if you can go ahead say that again, you can master the repetitious boredom of a, of a fundamental task. You yes. Can be successful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that is, by the way, I hate, I hate to break it to everybody because somehow people go, Ooh, vision, purpose, you know, my why, all of that sounds so shiny, so amazing. But right. this is where the rubber meets the road. We will never grasp a hold of all the things that God has for us. We won't live out the vision. We won't get the strategies. We won't even hear him. He has the strategy, has the vision. We won't be able to even hear it if we don't realize that much of 
much of this is work. Um, there's a Bible verse that says that the dream comes to pass by much work. And it is the mundane that equals the vision. And so, wow. Okay. I'm sorry to interrupt you. <laughs> no, that's all right. Tony Robbins always says massive action equals massive results. Mm. So, you know, that's, that's where, you know, that's the same thing. And Proverbs is, is like such a good place to spend some time, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. So you're saying that they can, they can, okay, ask that why for, you know, what is really motivating them. And by the way, that is a motivational thing that will keep you going, even when the times are tough, or even when you have failure, we have a show with my past boss, Tyler Krause. And one of the, th the things that were a value in his business, which I think is so powerful was ab about failing forward. He expects failure. He expects it. In fact, one of the other core values is, you know, kindness in the conflict. He expects conflict. He expects failure. He expects to have things that we may, we mess up, we bomb. And um, one of my other coach, she says, so, so now what, you know, so you, you mess up with this now what and that can be for little things and big things but here you're saying here you know that that why that is our motivation that is what gets you through those mundane moments right yeah yeah i think that when you're crystal clear on it and you, you've really you can tap into it and you mm -hmm. can go back and tap into it when times get tough and things mm -hmm. are hard so so if you're in a situation where you say, God, I don't feel like doing this today, or, you know, think about your why and think mm -hmm. about that deep seated reason. You yeah. Know? And, and the other thing is, of course, the shiny objects, object syndrome, right? Yes. <laughs> this, this is really good right now, but, oh, look at what's this over here. So, <laughs> you know, and, and people, uh, it, we have a tendency to do that. And I think that's mm -hmm. human nature, right? So it right. takes a lot of discipline. It's one of those those fundamentals that, you know, you can discipline yourself to not do that or not go in that direction. Right. Well, and I'm even thinking about some of the real estate deals that kind of got you off track. You know, some, there's nothing more glistening than a great deal in real estate. I, I could see myself being exactly where you were. And that's why I, I think I resonate with your story because I get I love real estate. I love it so much. And, um, and I, I love the art of the deal. I love that. I love the deals. Um, and, you know, but I also see that you have to have a vision. You have to have a purpose. You have to know what you're doing, why you want to do what you're doing so that it keeps you on course and you don't go off track. So, um, that's, yeah, that, uh, that book, Art of the Deal, was, was inspirational when I read it because it was like, wow, I would love to do that. You know, yeah. how, do you, how do you, you know, just the, the, the ability to be able to conquer it, right? I had a guy tell me one time, I probably had been in real estate, I don't know, two years, mm -hmm. maybe. He said, Norowski, you are so tenacious. And I said, oh, thank you. Very graciously. I was like, hey, thanks. I had no idea what it meant. I ran home. I picked the dictionary up, tenacious. I said, Oh my God, my picture should be next to this. I said, this is, who I am. <laughs> this is all I do. I'm relentless. I had a saying when I was a listing agent, and you can appreciate this, I'm sure. Yeah. That I, I followed up with them till they listed or they died. Yeah. So, you know, you're going to sell this house and you're going to sell it with me. <laughs> right. 
So um, it, it's just that, you know, and, and then, so the other piece of that coaching though is I might have these standard things that we go through, team building, networking, you know, sourcing deals, contracts, due diligence, exit planning. But you know what? I always look at the person too and say, what do you need? Mm. You know, what do you need and what do we need to design for you that's going to help you? So if you're working with me on a one-on-one basis, Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that you're getting everything that you need because a lot of times you don't even know what you need, but we can figure it out in a couple of sessions. And once we figure it out and we say, hey, you know, let's teach you how to do this. Let's get you to this place. And listen, I don't know everything. This is one, one reason I really like real estate is because I don't know everything, right? I always am learning. I, I learn things. I learned, I was on the phone with a guy this morning. I was like, wow, I never knew that. So, and I don't remember what it was, but it was like, it was interesting because these things transpire in our lives. Yeah, right? yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah, I remember one of my mentors in real estate, she told me that you don't know what you don't know. And that has become like literally (laughs) something I'll ask myself, what do I not know about everything now? Because I think there is just that shift of realizing that, you know, it's kind of like real estate. You, you can always learn something new with, you were talking about being a marathon runner. You can always go a little faster, a little uh, longer, a little different terrain. There's always something different. And I think those are the things that make some of us go "Mm, business. That's the same thing, business and ministry. There's so much to learn always. And you can be doing this forever. Like I've been, my mom, um, I grew up as a kid in business. So there, you know, from six years old, I don't remember really ever not being in business or in family business of some sort. So, but that that's the thing I love about it. I think that's probably why I do business and um, ministry coaching is because I get so excited seeing all the different aspects and the different things we can go through, but okay. You know, here's the thing that I see that, um, that I would love to ask your wisdom on, you know, okay, this was a huge obstacle for you, but you've come back, mm-hmm. you know, and I just, I, I want to, I just want to, I mean, we went there with the, the struggle and the stress and where you were with your story, but inevitably, I'm sure you have a lot of clients that come to you now that are having obstacles. They're having situations that are difficult to overcome. So in light of like knowing why you're here, knowing what you really want, what you really need, you know, how do you overcome the obstacles to get that? Yeah, I think that, you know, a lot of times it's fear that holds us back, right? And, right. Um, it's, it's a stumbling block for everybody at some point. And, and it, it, some people it happens more often. Some people it doesn't happen as frequently, but mm-hmm. fear holds us back. And if you don't have somebody that's there to help encourage you, support you, help you see the other side or try to see the other side. I'm a big question guy. I'm a big think it through. So, you know, write a question, write 20 answers to the question, because by the time you get to answer 20, you know what the answer is and you've seen the other side, you know, there's always another side to the mountain, right? You just, you have to walk over it. You can't walk through it. Can't walk around it. You got to go over it. And you know, you, that's what I try to help people do is do that Mm -hmm. to get you there. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, that's good. Okay. So now looking back from everything, um, I, you know, I kind of want to go back to how did you come back and actually move into success or, you know, or how do we come back from our failures and find that success? Yeah. I think, you know, it's always about how we, how we, uh, get up after we fall down, Mm. you know, do you, are you going to just lay there or are you going to get up? And then are you going to let somebody help you up? Right. So I've been fortunate. I've had a couple of buddies say, Hey, you know what? We believe in you and we're going to support you. We're going to help you do this. And um, so I've been very fortunate in that, in that way, um, that I have some really good people in my life. And, um, you know, I had a lot of people in my life before I left, but I think they were in my life for the wrong reasons. And mm-hmm. because they all disappeared when I was gone. Oh, wow. You know, um, there were a couple people that stuck by my side the whole time. And since I've been home, there's been a, a few more that have rose rose their hand and said hey you know what we're gonna we're gonna make sure that you are okay because they believe in me and I think that you have to believe in yourself and a lot of times you can't do that on your own you need people around you Mm -hmm. this goes back to the network thing yeah so you have to make a decision it comes down to a choice right we are all Mm -hmm. faced with choices I was gone for seven years actually almost eight and, and during that time, the last five to six years, I planned what I was going to do when I came home. Mm. I, I wrote those books. I wrote those mm-hmm. courses. I wrote that material. I wrote a business plan over and over and over again with another wow. guy. And I knew what I was going to do to execute it when I came home. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I want to say uh, Tony Robbins talks about a guy named Colonel Coffee, mm-hmm. who uh, was was in a, a POW camp, and while he was gone, he visualized himself playing around a golf on this golf course. And when he went to the golf course after he got home, he shot a perfect score. And he did it because he visualized himself for all those years in a prison camp. Right? It was this. So I I always remembered that story, and that was the same uh, mythology that I I had myself. Was I just I visualized I was going to go home. I saw myself on a stage talking to people. I saw myself coaching people. I saw myself uh, helping people. I saw myself helping people succeed, right? I watched people succeed. Um, and, you know, it comes down to the choice of, of just doing it. Yeah. And not yeah. letting, you know, I sat in court that day and the judge said, well, when Mr. Morowski comes home, and he works at Home Depot. And I thought to myself, man, you're not going to predestine my life. Not that Home Depot is a bad place to work. No, no. But, but, but you're not going to predestine my life. You know, I've been an entrepreneur since I was 23 years old. I opened my first business. I'm unemployable anyhow. So, <laughs> you know? I, I've kind of made myself that way. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I, I can't, I feel like I work when I work for people, I work, I try to work for them. Like I would want someone working for me, but then again, honestly, right. there's no place, uh, you know, there's just no place like home. And, and that's, that's yeah. my view. Cause I've, I've been out there and, you know, one of my issues was one place I loved working for them, 
However, I also hated working for them. And part of it was all about, they had a shift of values. And when I came in I was like 100%, you could have put my face by each of their values. But when I left, they had shifted their values and I absolutely couldn't be on board with that. And I thought, what is wrong with me? <laughs> and it was, I believe, because I grew up a part of a family business and some of the yeah. same values my mother had are some of the same values I have, which I know you may say, well, Cindy, she's your mother, but it's not all that. I think some of this is, I'm pretty unemployable. <laughs> I yeah. love which, how you put that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. It's kind of funny though, you know, so. <laughs> it is. Okay. So one of my favorite things I love to know from people, especially, I believe that we all have so much that we offer one another. Um, but I love to know, like, what, what would be the thing that you just wish you knew then that you know now, and that you really think we should know? Wow. I know. Uh, tough one, isn't it? <laughs> no, not really. I, I kind of, you know, I, this is a question I ask people too. Right. And, and I've thought about the answer and, and it's funny because the answer has nothing to do with business. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. Answer, yeah. The answer is really about relationship. It's about, mm -hmm. um, you know, I believe that anything that we do in life boils down to the relationships that we have mm -hmm. and, and, and not necessarily from the standpoint of the people that we know, but, um, you know, uh, leadership is being authentic mm -hmm. and uh, being a servant of others, mm -hmm. right? That's how I view leadership today. So if I can give unconditionally in a relationship, mm -hmm. so... I take wow. that even, even a little bit deeper. Mm -hmm. And if I would have known then what I know today about marriage mm -hmm. and got designed for marriage, my life, I think would be different. Because mm -hmm. back in 2008, I would have listened to my wife and said, honey, what, what don't you trust about him? Right. Yeah. So, so there'd have been a different shift. Yeah. Um, but so I need to know I don't know it all. And, but if I serve somebody else, I can get the answers. Wow. That's powerful. And exactly what I, I am 100% behind you. I think that that is a key, total key to success. Um, okay. So I also love to ask, what are you working on now in your business? Yeah, I'm uh, actually, so what I'm working on right now is on Thursday, uh, for anybody listening live Thursday coming up March 4th I'm doing a half day free event so I'm trying to get my presentation right and I'm working on my boot camps coming up this year uh, which are around multifamily uh, understanding multifamily is one multifamily acquisitions is another and then property management so I'm, I'm working on my uh, events that I'm putting on Oh, that's nice. As a, as a big project, right? As a big picture project. That's, those are the things I'm working on right now. So, Wow. That's awesome. Are you recording those to where yeah, people can? Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, good, good. Yeah. And I just want to do a shout out, you guys. If if you missed earlier, um, you'll definitely want to go to his website. I think you guys are going to love um, what you find there. There's lots and lots and lots of great resources. His website is mycoreintentions.com. And you, I do want to circle back around. You were mentioning um, that they could get um, access to your free book. Can you tell us a little bit right. more about that before, right quick? Right. So I wrote a book called Exit Plan, uh, really try to teach people how to get out of a deal or when to get out of a deal, when to take, you know, your profit off the table. Um, and it's on my website. You can go download a free copy uh, if, if you like ebooks, if you want to, if you're like me and you want a book that you can mark up and highlight and dog ear the corners, you, uh, this won't be it unless you print it. But uh, it's at mycoreintentions.com forward slash exit plan. So mycoreintentions.com forward slash exit plan. Go ahead and grab one. Oh yeah, definitely. You want that you guys. Um, Okay. So let me ask you, um, do you have anything, uh, this is one of my favorite questions and this does tend to get deep (laughs) and you can go as deep or as light or whatever you feel led to share. But is there anything you would like to leave us with today? Any final words? Yeah. You know, um, I think that as a, as an entrepreneur, an owner of a company, somebody, a, a, a man or a woman running a team or management position, we're always faced with choices. And everybody's faced with choices, but at that level, there's there's choices that we have to make, mm-hmm. and there's places where we might have to uh, think about bending bending our integrity, bending our ethics, and just because we act unethically doesn't necessarily mean you're going to break the law, but enough unethical actions will ultimately lead you to breaking the law, mm-hmm. and if you are faced with a choice, faced with a decision in your life where it's a tough one and you know that if you go right, it could be positive effects. If you go left, it's going to be negative effects. Go talk to somebody. Pick Mm -hmm. up the phone. Call Cindy. Call me. Go talk to your spouse. Go talk to somebody who can help give you some guidance, some direction, but don't go it alone. Mm-hmm. because I think the worst thing that a leader can do is get in a situation that would cause them to act, behave in an unethical manner, to lose their integrity, and to be in a situation where you ultimately could maybe go to prison. Mm-hmm. Wow. Wow. And you know what? I'm, I'm going to make that real personal real quick, if that's okay. Because I think if I look at my situations in my life, the moments that I really regret, I made decisions based out of what you just moment ago, we're talking about fear. And, and those are the moments I regret because I didn't do the thing that Cindy normally would do. And that's exactly what you're saying with that. And I just appreciate that so much, Mike. That's so that's so powerful. Okay. So 
Oh, thank you for being a part of the show today, man. I, I have been looking forward to this so much and I am so thankful to be in connection with you and I want to just make sure everybody else can stay connected with you as well. So, um, share with them what, where they can find you. Yeah. Yeah. My website, of course, just, uh, Mike at mycoreintentions.com and shoot me an email and I'll get back to you, you know, quickly. And I'm on LinkedIn and Clubhouse. Clubhouse. <laughs> Funny place. That's where we met. If yeah. y'all are just coming in, <laughs> follow me on Clubhouse because Tuesday mornings we're starting this entrepreneur entrepreneurial exchange. It's really not real estate oriented. It's more about being an entrepreneur. Leadership. Yeah. You know, our tagline is laugh, learn, and live. So. We are, the, myself and the other uh, people who put it together, we're just looking to grow a group where we can all come together and learn from each other and grow together. So what time is that on Tuesdays? Oh, great question. 11 o'clock central time. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, you guys. Now we've mentioned Clubhouse. I'm telling you, if you've got an Apple device, you definitely want to download the app. If you need an invitation, I'll have invitations. I have one and- too, call me. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be happy to get help you get in. You, you're probably thinking, I don't want another thing to do. Oh, yes, you do. And then, like you said earlier, uh, when you have, I remember my first day, somebody said it well. She said, I said something about it being clubhouse. She said, um, I just have to, I have to interrupt you, she said, because I want for you to know this is not clubhouse. This is called crack house. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> but I have learned so much. I mean, like even last night we have, um, on Wednesday nights at 7 PM, I'm doing, I'm offering just a, I'm talking about no agenda, no plan moments, uh, for stepping up to your call. Um, they are on clubhouse. So I want to invite you guys to that as well, but connect with us because I mean, this is two different opportunities for you to like, mine's more laid back. I'm, I'm definitely going to be a part of Mike's, um, putting on my schedule like now. (laughs) And so, um, but you guys, I can't even tell you how much I've learned just being on clubhouse. It is so powerful. I do have to set myself a timer because otherwise I do not like getting off when I have to get off, but I have to say, you know, at those points and just do it, you know, but I love it because I think there's just something, again, that goes back to relationship and community. And I'm so thankful that I've been able to meet you, Mike, and learn from you. And I'm looking forward to many other times where you can come and join us and we can talk other topics and, um, and I look forward to just learning all the things that God intends for me to learn from you. Thanks, Cindy. It's been great also. And uh, I appreciate our relationship. Thank you. Yes. Well, you guys, thank you for joining the Cindy Rushton Show. Again, if you're at Facebook, I want to just shout out to you. I want to ask you to connect with me because you can find the show at the CindyRushtonShow.com. You can also find me at all your favorite spaces and places. You can type in Cindy Rushton and there I am. Um, you'll know me by my mugshot. And so uh, connect with me and then also share us. Hey, Share us with a friend. Let somebody else know um, if, if you're enjoying our shows. I just really want for um, to be able to get out there and encourage those who are stepping into their calling and who are, are who are needing that support. Again, just like we talked about many times in this show today, you need support. You need it. 
and um, don't be an island out there. You can get people that can come alongside of you and cheer you on, who can give you wise counsel, who will be there on the journey with you. And I promise it makes a world of difference. And so connect with me at all the um, social media. In fact, I have a Facebook group. We have now a clubhouse um, Wednesday night time where it's just a night out, just us talking. Last night, we talked about your story. And that's that was kind of the theme. If I looked over the whole thing, come and connect. And um, definitely, if you need more help, um, my website is cindyrushton.com. Come and check it out. Well, you guys, I'll see you again next week. I hope you have a great, great week um, in your corner. So just, you know, holler if you need me. Thanks. And you guys have a great day. And that's a wrap for the Cindy Rushton show. We will be back next week for another awesome show. If you can't wait until then, check out other great episodes and our show notes online at our website, cindyrushton.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our show at any of your favorite podcast services so you don't miss even one episode.